0: Students fighting in hallways and washrooms, staff in fear for their safety. Tonight, the incredible claims detailing a potential crisis in our classrooms. We will bring you that story in just a moment. But first, for nearly 40 years, the families of Aaron Gilmore and Susan Tice have held out hope, believing one day the killer of these two women would be caught.
1: Tonight, a development that may have answered their appeals. Police have one man in custody charged with their murders. CTV's Austin Delaney joins us now with the details behind this cold case investigation. Austin.
2: Well, the suspect is a 61-year-old man who is living in Moosonee. That's about 850 kilometers north of where I'm standing here at police headquarters. He was never on the police radar until there were changes to DNA technology. They were sexually assaulted and murdered four months apart back in 1983. 45-year-old Susan Tice in her home on Gray Street. 22-year-old Erin Gilmore in her Yorkville bedroom. For 39 years, their families and police never gave up. Today, investigators announcing 61-year-old Joseph George Sutherland has been arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder. It was a phone call Gilmore's brother waited nearly four decades to pick up.
3: The best phone call I've ever received in my life. Uh, it was it was one of uh, disbelief. I, I was mixed between sort of joy and I also was breaking down in tears just finally that we've gotten to this day.
2: A cold case that was handed down from one detective to another. But none ever losing hope that one day they would arrest
3: a suspect. He was not in our boxes as they say. Um, he was not a suspect or a person of interest in this case. If we hadn't utilized this technology we never would have came to his name.
2: The technology advancements in genetic genealogy.
3: So one of my genealogists likes to say that genealogy is like fishing. You never know how long it's going to take you to catch a fish.
2: Experts link the suspect's DNA to DNA uploaded to private ancestry platforms used by the public to learn more about their family
4: history. What you have is matches. So you have a match that's like a fifth cousin match, a fourth cousin match, a second cousin match. And what you know is the distance of of sort of your puzzle piece from all these other matches that are out there. It is the same advanced technology
2: police used to solve the 1984 murder of nine year old Christine Jessup. DNA was linked to her neighbour, Calvin Hoover, who was never a suspect. He has since died by suicide, but not before another neighbour, Guy Paul Morin, was wrongly convicted and later acquitted. And in the States, the same technology instrumental in convicting a former police officer as the notorious Golden State Killer. Sutherland was arrested at his home in Moussigny, but lived in Toronto in the 80s at the time of the murders. I think when you commit these crimes, You're just waiting for that knock to come at the door. And investigators released a picture of a younger Joseph Sutherland in case victims who did not report their sexual assaults might make a connection. And Sutherland was 22 when he was living here in Toronto. Police say he moved around Ontario. They're now in the process of contacting cities where he lived to see if there's any connection to a crime there. Reporting live, I'm Austin Delaney.
1: Thank you, Austin. Members of one family from India are grieving tonight over the loss of their loved one. Kartik Saini was killed last week near Young and St. Clair, riding his bike.
0: Now his family is pleading for answers and what they say they need most to help them mourn. CTV's Scott Lightfoot
5: explains.
6: When Kartik Saini left India for Canada in September of last year, he was following his dreams.
5: He has dreamed to be there in Canada and... Uh, He was very, like, he was very passionate about his dream.
6: Last Wednesday afternoon, the 20-year-old Sheridan College student was killed when he was struck by a pickup truck while riding his bike near Young in St. Clair.
5: He left his job. He was going back to home that that time.
6: Uh, I think it was around 4. Speaking from India, Saini's cousin says Kartik was headed home from working his job in security when he was hit.
5: We just got a call from uh, local police uh, a few hours uh, few hours after the incident so and the police said the police gave us this news and we are all shocked and we are still in shock
6: along with answers saini's family including his parents and younger sister are looking for his remains to be returned to india quickly
5: they're saying that it will Take some time. I don't know what, how much time it'll take. But, but we, we want our mortal remains back to India as soon as possible.
6: Toronto police say their investigation into the incident is ongoing. So far, no charges have been laid. They say the driver of the pickup was making a right turn from Saint Clair onto Yonge Street around 4:30 when the collision occurred. Posted signs at the intersection say right turns are prohibited between 4 and 6 p.m. We are not
5: thinking about much far. We just want her back in India. If once he is back in India, we can then we can further plan things and what, how, how, how it, how it will proceed.
6: A memorial ride and the placement of a ghost bike in Saini's memory has been scheduled for Wednesday evening. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News. A new report reveals the alarming rise in first-time food banks
1: users. Still ahead, why more people than ever before are trapped in food poverty.
0: Our first look outside tonight after a gray and blustery day. A bit of a chilly evening to be out and about with those people skating at uh, Nathan Phillips Square. Probably not mighty much. It looks gorgeous out there. Lindsay Morrison is here with a look at the current conditions. This is the week we
7: say goodbye to November. It's so true, Michelle. And you know what? We're going to end November on a bit of a mild note and a windy one, too. We'll talk about that coming up. Here's a look at the current satellite and radar. We had a mostly cloudy day today. Winds have been coming out of the north, so that's been factoring into a bit of a wind change chill around the gta it feels below freezing at this hour temperatures around one degree in oshawa mississauga and hamilton we only made it to a daytime high today of two degrees in the city of toronto but uh, about 48 hours from now we could be in double digit territory so we'll talk about that and the special weather statement that's been issued by environment canada that's coming up in your forecast for now nathan over to you
1: all right thank you lindsay New evidence tonight of the financial struggles many people across the province are facing.
0: Food banks say they are seeing more visitors than ever before, and one-third of them are children. CTV's Sean Leethong joins us now with the details. Sean.
3: Oh, Michelle and Nathan, some pretty sobering numbers that came out today. What we're seeing is that the rise in inflation, the rise in interest rates are making people turn to places like Food Bank because their dollars just aren't going as far as they used to. The sorting area at the Daily Bread Food Bank is constantly alive, but while the food is coming in, demand is going up.
8: More
9: people, less
4: food.
3: Christopher Fink and his wife Kimberly have been food bank clients for three years and they're noticing more new people using the service.
8: It's been
10: busier. I mean, it's been just a lot more people asking about it.
11: It's it's sad, actually, if you're there to see other families, you know, in line and with their kids and. You know, and the kids are wanting and mom has to say no. A new report from
3: Feed Ontario says that 587,000 people in Ontario used food banks in the past year. That's a rise of 15%. There's also been a 64% increase in people using a food bank for the first time.
9: The primary driver is inflation. Um, So individuals, their incomes are simply not keeping pace.
3: Daily Bread Food Bank CEO Neil Hetherington says they saw visits rise as soon as interest rates went up. MAKING NEW CLIENTS FROM THOSE WHO ARE WORKING BUT ARE HAVING A HARD TIME STRETCHING THEIR
9: DOLLARS. PEOPLE MAKING USE OF FOOD BANKS ARE THE INDIVIDUALS SITTING ACROSS FROM YOU IN A CUBICLE.
12: AND THIS COUPLED WITH THE RISE IN PRECARIOUS WORK AND MINIMUM WAGE EMPLOYMENT HERE IN ONTARIO um, IS REALLY PUTTING AN INCREASED DEMAND ON FOOD BANKS BY EMPLOYED
3: ONTARIANS. BUT AS THE DEMAND FOR FOOD BANKS HAS INCREASED HEATHERINGTON SAYS WE'VE ALSO SEEN AN INCREASE IN THE AMOUNT OF DONATIONS BUT IT'S NOT NEARLY ENOUGH TO keep up. Volunteers have been working to prepare everything that comes in so that it's ready to be picked up.
9: But at this pace, we will be in a very difficult situation to meet the demand. He says their average
3: number of visits had been 60,000 a month, but in the past month that number went up to 190,000 visits. So what they're asking for, of course, is more donations on top of the more donations they've already been getting. One sobering fact also that came out of the report today is that this is the sixth straight year that food banks have seen a rise in visits. Reporting live, I'm Sean Thong. Michelle, I'll send it back to you.
0: Thank you, Sean. In Saskatchewan, the Prime Minister paid his respects today to those killed in a stabbing rampage more than two months ago. Justin Trudeau went to the cemetery at St. Stephen's Anglican Church where seven of the victims are buried. He later met with family members in private, assuring them the government will continue to offer support for the community. September 4th attack left 11 people dead and 18 injured in James Smith Cree Nation and in the village of Weldon. Trudeau also met with community leaders and members amid calls for tribal policing.
1: South of the border, the white gunman who killed 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket last spring pleaded guilty today. Peyton Gendron was charged with murder and domestic terrorism motivated by hate. The avowed white supremacist faces mandatory life in prison without parole. Sentencing is scheduled for February 15th. He opened fire at a Tops friendly market store in May in a predominantly black neighborhood of the city. Gendron is also charged with federal hate crimes and gun offenses for which he could face the death penalty.
0: Remarkable scenes are unfolding in China, where for the first time in decades, protesters are openly challenging the government.
1: There even calls for the resignation of the president as anger grows over the country's draconian COVID-19 policies. CTV's Danielle Hamamjin reports.
13: Monday night in Beijing, security measures are tight as Chinese authorities try to suppress any further acts of dissent. Small displays of civil disobedience are not unheard of in this country, but this is unprecedented. Chance against the rigid COVID policy that has disrupted lives for three years. Chance demanding the right to vote for free speech and in some cases to make China great again. Most remarkably, they're openly calling for the communist regime to go, along with its president, Xi Jinping, who assumed power a decade ago. The protests spread to university campuses in major cities, including Shanghai, where a BBC reporter was arrested and detained. Edward Lawrence, the network says, was also beaten by Chinese police. Anger over COVID restrictions was already simmering, but the trigger for this wave of unrest was this fire. It killed 10 people who were trapped in their apartments. Protesters say lockdown measures were partly to blame, though officials deny it. In cities across the world, a show of solidarity has seen blank sheets of white paper come to symbolize both the defiance and lack of free speech. 33 years ago, tanks were used to crack down on the citizens and students, at this woman in Sydney. And 33 years later, the government is doing the exact same. But even as police force people to delete images and videos of scenes like this one, they're also failing to control what the world can see.
2: Well, uh,
1: protests against the Chinese government are rare. And when they do happen, I think the world should take notice, but I think the Chinese government should take notice.
13: China's control over its people has even extended to the FIFA World Cup feed broadcast in the country. Authorities have removed images of large crowds showing fans without masks. Danielle Hammam, CTV News, London.
0: Meanwhile, a former Hydro-Québec employee is out on bail tonight, awaiting trial on charges of spying for China. Yusheng Wong is accused of economic espionage and fraudulently obtaining a trade secret, among other charges. The Chinese national was on a work visa. He is alleged to have given information about the electrical utility to a Chinese university and Chinese research centers. Wong denies the charges. Federal prosecutors opposed his release because they think he is a flight risk. The case returns to court December 13th.
1: Turning now to some shocking allegations at one Toronto school and what staff are claiming tonight.
0: Workers at York Memorial Collegiate say the hallways they walk are not safe for teachers nor students, and now they're speaking out. CTV's Allison Hurst joins us from Toronto District School Board headquarters with the story, Allison.
11: Michelle, we've been speaking with staff members who say they began talking about the escalating violence as early as staff meetings back in September, but that it took about a dozen of them walking away from the job to get action. From the outside, the school looks business as usual. But on the inside, staff members say it's anything but.
6: Three vice principals to date have been either assaulted or had death threats. CTV
11: News spoke with two staff members on condition of anonymity for fear they could lose their jobs for talking. In their interview, they described nearly daily fights among students, regular visits from Toronto police, and bathrooms being repurposed for a so-called fight club.
5: The
6: older kids are making the kids who are going there to use the washroom uh, fight with each other and making them fight and they're videotaping it.
11: One of them told us students are so afraid of the washrooms they won't use them.
6: Students
5: are using bathrooms in um, stores off-site, they leave the school. If they absolutely cannot hold it, they will leave the school either to go home or to go use a washroom at a fast food place close by.
11: And that students have also seen classmates with weapons.
5: A student reported having seen guns um, and, and notified the administration
11: ctv news requested an interview with the school board but no one was available members did send us a letter that went home to parents that reads in part we know that this is a newly forming school community and it hasn't been without its challenges concerns and indeed some fears but we are committed to working collaboratively so all students and staff feel welcome and safe at school and work they deserve that This comes on the heels of a rash of escalating violence at Toronto schools. In the last four weeks a shooting at Woburn Collegiate killed an 18-year-old and sent a 15-year-old to hospital. And at Birchmount Park Collegiate, a student was stabbed and sent to hospital. Today, the city police and school board met about the violence.
2: Right now, the police, the city and the school board off, often uh, operate on their own. More cooperation between the governments on summer jobs, especially in the areas where we've seen some of this violence. And so I can just tell you that we're united.
11: The staff members we spoke with at York Memorial say temporary measures were put in place, but it's time for some long-term solutions. The TDSB says that a new principal is set to begin, and they have now appointed someone as the executive uh, uh, person to point person in that role. Tory has asked for meetings to continue. Reporting live, I'm Allison Hurst. Michelle, back to you. Thank you, Allison. And new developments tonight in connection with another
0: violent incident at a Toronto school in Scarborough this month. Police say they have arrested three teens accused in the November 14th stabbing of a Birchmount Collegiate student. The boy was sent to hospital in life-threatening condition. Police say two 14-year-olds and a 17-year-old have been charged with aggravated assault and weapons possession. Their first court appearance was today.
1: An overnight apartment fire in Hamilton has left one woman clinging to life. Officials say the woman was found unconscious in a 12th floor unit of the high-rise shortly after midnight. She was taken to hospital where she remains in life-threatening condition. One other resident was treated for smoke inhalation. Investigators are still looking for a cause.
0: Parents and students in Durham region have been spending another day in the dark, so to speak. Their schools are without email and phone services after a so-called cyber incident.
1: As Janice Golding explains, there are a lot of questions about what happened and the safety of the data for everyone involved.
12: The Durham District School Board is dealing with the aftermath of a cyber attack, meaning no email, no phone service, and in some cases, no emergency contact information. So while students may have been in class today, many parents had their misgivings. If there was an emergency
14: at home, it feels kind of strange that you'd be cut off from the children at school.
12: I have a child
10: in JK, so if I can't contact the school or I don't have those kind of communications, it's tougher. because. There's a lot of sicknesses going around.
12: The school board posted a message online Sunday informing parents about the breach, which was discovered Friday. The note to parents indicated the board had retained expert assistance and had contacted law enforcement.
0: I think Durham did a good job by kind of shutting down the system. So what they're going to do now is they're going to be doing a forensic audit to see exactly what happened, how they're able to essentially create a band-aid solution, and then um,
12: try to figure out uh, what steps and uh, mechanisms need to be put in place to ensure this doesn't happen again. Parents were told to send temporary contact information to school, although they would not be informed if their child were absent, despite manual attendance taking. They were also advised most Chromebooks would not be working and that all online classes and literacy tests would be cancelled today. Tech experts say this is the second time this has happened to the DDSB in as many years. And attacks like this can have serious implications
8: and that information might not seem you know you know too threatening you know their name their address their phone number their date of birth but when you put it all together in conjunction with other forms of information that are fairly easily available from other sources uh, that can be the basis for an identity theft attack
12: the board says it appreciates the incident raises a significant privacy concern but its it team has been working around the clock trying to restore services meanwhile some parents say the board should be doing more preventatively
0: it's a bit of reality, right? I work in the IT industry. Uh, we are well prepared for any cyber attack and like all those things. We do regular exercises at our workplace. I think we can do some more things proactively. I think uh, a lot of organizations react, uh, you know, like in a reactive mode.
14: Well, that's a little bit
12: troubling. It's kind of annoying. Janice Golding, CTV News. And a new development on
0: this story tonight. In a statement sent out this evening, officials with the Durham School Board say online learning will be unavailable once again for Tuesday. They add while the schools are unable to receive calls, they are still able to make calls and protocols are in place if staff need to contact parents or emergency services.
1: The Ford government tonight has pushed through legislation it says will help ease the affordability crisis and quickly increase the number of new homes.
0: Critics, however, say not so fast and claim this legislation may end up increasing your taxes instead. Queens Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now to explain. Siobhan. Well, municipal leaders like Mayor John Tory say, of course, they want to build more
10: homes, but not like this. The bill fundamentally changes the way cities are able to pay for the services you rely on. A standing ovation from the government for the passage of Bill 23. The Minister of Housing says it will help boost supply.
1: The extra immigration that Ontario will receive, which we want to welcome, we also want to provide them with homes, uh, is going to create and and cause the government to to do bold, transformative uh, legislation.
10: Many municipalities see the Building More Homes Faster Act a different way.
2: It's a devastating a piece of legislation for cities.
10: The fear is that reducing or eliminating fees developers pay to entice them to build will leave cities short on cash.
2: They should pay for it. They think it's a good policy and not take it out of the pockets of municipalities that are struggling to build the sewers and build the libraries and build the community centres. This is just not fair.
10: Toronto city staff estimates the annual shortfall from Bill 23 will be $230 million. That opens up dialogue about cancelling some projects
1: or we still build that infrastructure and it will be paid for by the existing property taxpayer with an ordinate property tax rate increases.
10: The province is convinced it can get help.
1: We have a, a federal accelerator fund of $4 billion of which the province uh, would be entitled to about $1.5 billion, $1.6 billion.
10: There are environmental concerns with conservation authorities losing the ability to consider pollution as a factor in housing proposals even if more homes are built. There's not a single thing in this bill that's going to guarantee that a single unit of truly affordable housing is built. It makes it very easy for developers to look at a purpose built rental, decide to demolish it and replace it with luxury condos. Which the opposition says leaves renters vulnerable to huge rent hikes or evictions. Separate from all this, the government is taking feedback on the idea of opening up part of the green belt on which to build housing. There has been some reporting that shows that some of that own is land by PC Party donors. That's something that the opposition wants the Auditor General to investigate. Reporting live from Queen's Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Nathan,
7: back to you. All
1: right, thank you, Siobhan. Brampton will vote on a bylaw tonight to ban fireworks in the city. A special meeting is being held to discuss amendments to ban the use, purchase, discharge possession, and sale of fireworks. Violators could face fines of up to $1,000. The motion was passed by a committee last week.
0: As Canada prepares to play its final match at the World Cup, the team's presence has meant a lot for the entire country.
1: The sport's popularity here continues to grow and will reach new heights when Canada hosts the next World Cup. CTV's Raheem Ladani joins us in studio with more on this story. Raheem. Well, Nathan and Michelle, this World Cup, it's certainly been
9: a coming-out party for the men's soccer team in Canada. While the Canadian women have already experienced international success, the men's squad now has a taste of the world stage, and it's helping fuel Canadians' passion for soccer.
4: Buchanan with the cross in towards Alfonso
9: Davies! While Canada's World Cup appearance has given a moment that will live on for generations, the team is hoping to create more memories in 2026. It's going to be a special time, you know, we're going to host the whole world. We changed the game of soccer back home and
11: we got to continue to grow it.
9: Based on their showing so far, that growth in the men's program appears to be happening. According to a Nielsen study, because Canada qualifies for the World Cup
5: 37% more Canadians are interested
9: interest will grow even more with Canada jointly hosting the next World Cup games will be played in both Toronto and Vancouver providing a tourism boost and an international introduction to Canadian culture i think when people come to Canada they'll realize and see for themselves the the mosaic that Canada is and that it's more than what they probably understood to be the case based on popular culture and media, that they'll gain an appreciation for the diversity here, the variety of food. As a host, Canada is expected to automatically qualify in 2026, but the team's roster will surely look different. At 39 years old, this will likely be Atiba Hutchinson's final World Cup, an accomplishment his uncle looks at proudly. It's a lifelong dream since he was a kid, six years old, when he started, you know. You can see the greatness in him. To see he has achieved this at this age, it's, it's, it's amazing. While the roster will have some fresh faces, Canada may have a leg up on other nations. I remember going back to 2000, 2002 when I coached the U19 uh, women's team and we were hosting in Edmonton. So I could prepare down to every detail what we would do, uh, what the friendly games we would play. Uh, leading up to the game. So that's the the advantage that, that you always have as the host. 2026 will be another opportunity to raise the status of the sport in Canada, something the team can also do with a win on Thursday. Now in speaking with Atiba Hutchinson's uncle today, he told me the players on the team are still in good spirits and he believes yesterday's loss will actually act as motivation for Canada's match against Morocco. Reporting live, I'm Raheem Ladani. Nathan, back to you.
1: All right, thanks Raheem. CTV and TSN are the official broadcasters of the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Team Canada's final match is on Thursday against Morocco.
0: Canada's first Indigenous Supreme Court justice has taken her seat on the bench.
4: My journey to this court has not been an easy one, but it has been meaningful and rewarding. I feel very fortunate that the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, and the selection committee had faith in me. Michelle
0: Obanzowin was officially welcomed to the court today. She is a bilingual Franco-Ontarian and an Abenaki member of the Odenak First Nation. Obanzowin says she believes that if a person has a goal, works hard and never gives up, they can achieve their dreams.
1: In Hawaii, the world's most active volcano has blown its stack. Mauna Loa is erupting for the first time in nearly 40 years. It began late last night on the Big Island. Volcanic ash and debris falling nearby. And so far, lava flows are contained within the summit area and are not threatening nearby communities. But residents who could potentially be at risk are being urged to review their eruption preparations. Scientists have been on an alert because of a recent spike in earthquakes at the summit of the volcano.
0: Coming up, targeting toxic masculinity, a new white ribbon campaign on a mission to urge men and boys to become allies against harmful behaviors
15: and i'm pat Foran. coming up on consumer alert many shoppers are still searching trying to find deals online for cyber monday figures show that black friday sales were down compared to last year but there are still some deals to be found out there i'll have my reports that's just ahead
7: We picked up about 5 millimeters of rain yesterday, which brings our November total so far to about 30. We are trending below normal once again. There is some measurable rain in store for Wednesday, but it's also going to come with some very strong winds. That's what's prompted the special weather statement from Environment Canada. We'll show it to you coming up in your forecast, and stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV. Cyber Monday
0: was created by retailers to encourage consumers to shop online, something that exploded in popularity during the pandemic.
1: While Black Friday sales were down slightly in Canada this year, despite inflation, the increase globally by 3%. Pat Foran has our story on Consumer Alert. Pat.
15: Thanks, Nathan and Michelle. Many people will be at their keyboards and on their smartphones tonight trying to find a last-minute deal. Black Friday and Cyber Monday have really become part of a week-long sales event, and there are some deals to be found. Black Friday is the busiest shopping day of the year for combined in-store and online sales, but Cyber Monday takes the crown for online shopping only.
2: So when we isolate specifically uh, digital commerce volumes and online, it's actually Cyber Monday that happens to be the busiest day of the year.
15: When it comes to the best deals on Cyber Monday, it's usually technology items with the deepest discounts.
7: Tech shopping, so video game consoles, uh, smartwatches, phones, things in those categories.
15: You'll find deals on televisions, laptops and tech devices, as well as discounts on makeup and beauty products. You'll also find savings on holiday travel. Some companies are slashing vacation packages by hundreds or even thousands of dollars if you want to travel south this winter.
5: Everyone's looking for
15: the best deals, so we need to be aware uh, of the different threats that might be around us. Pierre-Marc Bureau, cyber expert with Google Canada, says when shopping online, make sure you're on a safe website, always look for the padlock in your
5: browser. Look at this lock sign to make sure that your transaction is being secured and that the data that you send and receive is encrypted.
15: You should also keep your antivirus software up to date, compare prices online before you buy, credit cards offer more protection than debit cards, check return policies carefully, and watch out for phishing scams which can steal your data. There are warning signs you may see pop up
5: on your computer or phone. Don't ignore them. If you get warnings that an email can be a scam or that you might be visiting a website that does not look safe, pay attention to these warnings.
15: While looking for deals, you should stick with trusted retailers and beware of pop-up ads promoting stores you're not familiar with. If a price seems too good to be true, it probably is. And you may see some deals for Cyber Monday this evening, but many sales will continue right into December. Retailers are expected to offer discounts on many items leading right up to the holidays. On your side, I'm Pat Foran.
1: If you have a consumer story idea, email us at... Alert at ctv.ca. All right, to the forecast. Already we see people outside skating at Nathan Phillips Square. It does seem early, doesn't it?
0: You know what? I think you just have to take advantage of it. It's cold these days. It's dark early. Might as well skate among the lights. Yes. uh, You know what, there is a bit of a warm-up. I wonder what the ice will be like a little later this week.
7: Interestingly enough, the City of Toronto has a great website where you can go and check the ice conditions before you head out because at this time of year, yes, we get fluctuations and that is going to happen this week. We're warming up in a big way for Wednesday, but it's going to come at a cost with some very strong winds, some rain, and for some, some lake effect snow. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand, it's hard to stop a train. So windy, in fact, that Environment Canada has already issued a special weather statement for Wednesday, warning of wind gusts anywhere from 70 to 80 kilometres per hour. And as you can see, this encompasses a widespread area of southern Ontario, some central parts of the province and into eastern Ontario too. Why is this? Well, we have a low-pressure system that's going to swing through. And with this, we are expecting some rain and, as mentioned, some snow in some areas too. So let's set the forecast radar in motion here. Uh, some clear skies tonight, but an increase in cloud cover is expected as it goes on. As we make our way into Tuesday, we're forecasting a mostly cloudy day uh, here in the GTA. Here comes the rain. So some showers beginning overnight around midnight into the day on Wednesday. Then the heaviest rain looks to fall through the early morning hours. So that's a snapshot of Wednesday at about 6 a.m. As the morning goes on, the heavy rain clears out. But look what happens. Those very strong winds kick in. And with this, we could see some lake effect snow, especially to the east of Georgian Bay and Lake Huron. Perhaps a few flurries here in the city of Toronto, but we're not forecasting any measurable snow at this point. It looks like the flurries will follow us into the day on Thursday as well. Overnight tonight, we're falling to a low of about minus one degree. It's going to feel colder than that once you factor in the winds that we have currently into tomorrow morning. A little bit of a chilly start. As the day goes on, though, we're looking at a pretty mild afternoon high. Eight degrees. The Seasonal norm is about four. So we're warmer than what's considered uh, typical for this point in the month of November. Here is a look at the seven-day forecast. So we're unsettled for Wednesday. Thursday, the temperature goes uh, from about 12 degrees on Wednesday to a high of three. And before that, an overnight low of minus two. Friday is looking like a great day. Lots of sunshine, temperature around seven degrees. Looks like we're going to need the umbrella for part of the weekend once again. This time, it looks as though the wet weather is going to happen on Saturday. And a reminder, that the CTV Toy Mountain campaign is now well underway. We are helping the Salvation Army build a mountain of toys, and there are ways you can help too. Head to toymountain.ca. Click on Toronto and learn where you can donate a new unwrapped toy or make a monetary donation. A huge thank you to everyone who has contributed so far and shared with us on social media. For example, we had a photo sent to us from Victoria and her sweet dog Parker. The TMU Bold Hockey had a teddy bear toss with toys going to the Salvation Army. Just amazing. And we want to see your photos too. You can tag us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us at toy.mountain at bellmedia.com. A reminder that there is an extra need for toys for the 10 to 13 age group this year. Find a donation location near you and help CTV and the Salvation Army build a mountain of toys. That's all for now. Nathan, I'll send it over to you.
1: All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Also tonight, all too common behaviors among boys and men brought to the forefront in a new campaign. Just ahead, the new effort to foster allies against misogyny and discrimination. A warning about this next story. Some viewers may find it disturbing.
0: Mm -hmm. It involves troubling allegations of animal abuse and a farm east of the GTA that boards horses. CTV's Beth McDonnell has the details.
4: (laughs) Okay, try again. One online video shows the horse being pulled with ropes, its back hooves dragging. Another shows a woman pointing to blood on the ground before speaking to the horse using an offensive term. Why are you then saying this. Like literally squirting blood, like her hoof was here and it was like spurting out over there. The Ministry of the Solicitor General says Animal Welfare Services began an investigation and has charged 23-year-old Solstice Paseel with causing distress to an animal under the Provincial Animal Welfare Services Act. Two sources have confirmed to CTV News this is Paseel. It is the worst thing I've ever seen in the industry. Jamie Lorenz is an equestrian who saw the videos online. She is concerned about animal welfare and has been trying to raise awareness with authorities. OPP say they are continuing with their investigation which began on November 3rd in conjunction with animal welfare services and remains ongoing. I think it's a big step at showing that our voices are being heard and that Occurrences like this can't be swept under the rug. The ministry says Pasil is from the township of Cavan Monaghan that's located southwest of Peterborough. Within that area, the two sources have also confirmed Pasil works out of Wishing Stone Farm. According to its website, the farm offers a range of services including boarding and training. Hi, you
7: have a Farm.
4: Uh- CTV News attempted to track down Pasil on the phone and at the farm. Two horses could be seen from the road. Hi there, my name's Beth McDonnell. I'm calling from CTV News. No one answered the door at the house Friday or has since returned our call. The ministry says it's expected Paseel will appear in a provincial offences court in January. Beth McDonnell, CTV News.
0: The World Health Organization is phasing out the term monkeypox. The WHO will start using Mpox instead. It says both names will be used simultaneously for one year while monkeypox is gradually replaced. There were concerns the original name could create a stigma that would steer people away from testing and vaccination. About 100 countries where Mpox is not endemic, including Canada, have reported outbreaks of the viral disease.
1: A new ad connected to Canada's White Ribbon campaign is making the rounds, focusing on the dangers of toxic masculinity through a dad's eyes.
0: Pauline Chan has the details on what it's about and the support behind it.
9: My little girl. From the moment we met, everything changed.
14: But the public service announcement changes tone as the father examines his own past.
2: I didn't know what could happen to you, but... Looking back at my life
9: and the things that I've done? Lots of it resonates, right? Um,
11: I think. I struggled a lot with just being a father at,
14: in the very beginning. New dad Taylor Dmitriov hopes the new PSA prompts all men to examine how toxic masculinity may have played a role in their past and he hopes the ad can bring about change. Men were supposed to just man up and suck it up and, and not talk about their emotions. And as we know now, like that leads to
11: a lot of very problematic things, including gender-based violence.
5: So I knew all along is a new PSA that we're launching uh, for the 16 Days of Activism. And it calls on men and boys to think about the role, the positive role that they can play in ending uh, gender-based violence, sexual harassment, and uh, all forms of discrimination.
14: And at its launch, Minister for Women and Gender Equality, Marcy Ian, pledged funding to support the White Ribbon Campaign's education programs across Canada. $599,774 in funding to support White Ribbon's new project. It's called Calling Men In. Calling Men In. December 6 marks the anniversary of the 1989 shooting at Montreal's École Polytechnique in which 14 women were murdered. It was the deadliest shooting in Canada for more than 30 years and it sparked the creation of the White Ribbon Campaign. Pauline Chan, CTV News in Montreal.
3: Preventing car theft, tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast, get low-tech solutions to protect your vehicle from being targeted, CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything, every morning.
2: We had an excellent discussion this morning, one of the first times involving the school board, the city, and the police service. Updating our top stories, the city says it will work
1: with police and the TDSB to prioritize schools which need enhanced youth programming. The meeting comes amid a rash of violence in Toronto schools, with staff at York Memorial Collegiate claiming they've been assaulted and threatened by students. Last Thursday, November 24th, this individual was arrested and taken into custody in Moosinie, Ontario, and brought back to Toronto on Friday, November 25th.
0: Toronto police have arrested a suspect in connection with a pair of cold case murders. Aaron Gilmore and Susan Tice were killed months apart in 1983 and their deaths were later linked together by DNA evidence. 61-year-old Joseph George Sutherland has been charged with two counts of first-degree murder.
7: Food bank use in Ontario has been rising for six straight years as we see the financial health of Ontarians decline.
1: The number of food bank users between January and September was up 24% compared to a year ago, according to the 2022 Hunger Report from Feed Ontario. The report also found the number of first-time food bank users up 64% compared to pre-pandemic levels.
0: Remember to follow us on social media and keep up to date day and night, through our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. And if ever you have a news tip, photos, or video of breaking news, let us know.
1: In business, investors experienced mixed emotions today as stocks fell amid concerns over Chinese protests. With more, here's Andrew Bell from B&M Bloomberg.
8: Stocks around the world came under pressure today with protests in China against harsh COVID policies, raising fears for growth in the world's second largest economy. US shares dropped about 1.5%, Canadian stocks were down a bit less. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index plunged more than 4% at one point, but trimmed its loss to less than 2%. Meanwhile, e-commerce stocks such as Canada's Shopify rose on word that this year's Black Friday holiday shopping frenzy in the US set a new online record north of $9 billion. Let's check in on the markets. The Canadian dollar was at 74.06 cents U.S., down almost three-quarters of a cent. WTI Oil, the North American benchmark, traded at $77.24 U.S. a barrel, up 96 cents. Western Canadian Select Oil traded at $48.45, down 230. And the TSX Composite Index finished the session at 20,220.49, down just over 163 points. That's the latest in business from BNN Bloomberg. I'm Andrew Bell.
0: On the Hardcore tonight, the Raptors will be at home looking to build off a big win Saturday.
3: Van Vliet. Step back.
0: Toronto upset Dallas 105-100 to in a game that saw O.G. Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet each score 26 points. Up next, third place Cleveland. The last time the two teams met was Toronto's home opener, which the Raps won. Tip-off is at
3: 7.30. Here is Barter in!
15: Mitch Barter scores!
1: The streaking Leafs also in action. They're aiming for a fourth straight as they close out a road trip in Detroit. Toronto beat the Penns Saturday, and the team is 9 1 4 in their last 14 games. Puck drop is at 7.
0: More than 2,000 dancers from across Venezuela are trying to shimmy their way into the record books. The participants all dancing at the same time for 12 minutes at the National Sports Institute of Caracas. They're hoping to beat the Guinness World Record for Casino Dance Circle. It was set in 2019 by dancers from Spain. The results of this latest challenge haven't been announced yet.
1: Stars Tonight is brought to you by Last Man's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. Just ahead, a light show like you've never seen. Why a Paris garden's been illuminated with giant bugs. An elaborate display of biodiversity just in time for the holiday season.
6: Tonight, the starting line of an eruption nearly 40 years in the making. We don't want to try and second guess the volcano. Tracking the risk as Hawaii's Mauna Loa volcano reawakens. That story and more later on CTV National News.
0: And a reminder, the CTV News and 6 podcast is available as a download every weeknight. You can also listen to the newscast live on News Talk 1010.
1: Get Toronto's top stories, breaking news alerts, and watch live. Download the CTV News app.
0: Paris is being overrun with giant spiders, centipedes, and even bedbugs. And the locals love it. Okay, this is a new holiday light display at France's National Museum of Natural History. It illuminates organisms that are usually tiny, making them giants. This display intended to highlight how essential they are to our ecosystem and to help save energy. The sculptures are original creations lit with low consumption LED bulbs.
1: Hmm. Wonderland. It looks good. How is the weather looking?
7: You know, the weather's looking not bad over the next 24 hours. I must say I've noticed a lot of lights going up in my neighbourhood after this past weekend. Perhaps the same for you. Uh, Good-looking day for tomorrow to do just that. Uh, A cloudy day. We've got cloud cover right now on the satellite and radar. And through the night tonight, we can expect that to linger. Here's tonight at a glance. Uh, Minus one degree for the overnight low. Wednesday, less ideal for spending some time outside. As mentioned, we have a special weather statement warning of some very strong winds we're also going to have rain and for areas north of the city we're also going to have some lake effect snow here's one more look at the seven day forecast friday looks like another good day to be outside and then when it comes to the weekend this time sunday looks a little more ideal michelle and nathan
0: Thank you, Lindsay, and be sure to join Omar Sachidina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zoraida Ullman with our next local newscast at 11.30.
1: In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca.
0: For Lindsay Morrison and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a great night.